0: Old Radio, Old Radio, Old Radio, Old Radio,
1: Old Radio. Comedy Comedy
2: Podcast. Podcast.
0: Welcome to Episode 25 of Season 4 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. Meet the Meeks was a Saturday morning sitcom that ran from 1947 to 1949 on NBC Radio, starring Forrest Lewis as Mortimer Meek, the browbeaten head of the Meek family. Fran Allison starred as his wife, Beryl Vaughn as his daughter Peggy, Cliff Subier as Uncle Louis, and Elmira Rossler as Lily, the Meek's maid. The show originated on the famous WMAQ in Chicago and was a follow-up sitcom to another show, Meet Mr. Meek. It was sponsored by all sweet margarine throughout its entire run, and of the more than one hundred and fifty episodes that were produced, seventy-one are known to survive to this day. Now sit back and enjoy the august thirtieth, nineteen forty seven broadcast of Meet the Meeks.
1: The National Broadcasting Company invites you to Meet the Meeks. <laughs> Yes, friends, you're invited to Meet the Meats, the Mortimer Meats, who live on Elm Street in Civic Center. Well, it's breakfast time in the little white house with the green shutters, and Mortimer is just entering the dining room. Where I you? Good morning, Agatha, dear. Good morning, Mortimer. Isn't it a beautiful August
2: day? Can't you just smell something in the air?
3: Yes, and um, burnt toast. Is, is Lily here?
2: Mm-hmm. She's out in the kitchen. It's her day to help out.
4: Oh.
3: <laughs> yes, I hear it works.
4: Oh, dear. Excuse the intrusion. It is my unhappy and unpleasant duty to announce that from now on, the gravy will no longer be served in the gravy bowl.
2: <laughs> you see, Mortimer? Now, perhaps you understand why my nerves are just shot to pieces the one day a week Lily's here. Yes,
3: I understand between Lily breaking dishes and your brother Louie breaking his strings on the sofa, it's quite a strain.
2: However... Good
4: morning, Paris. Well,
3: good morning, daughter. Good morning, Peggy, dear.
2: Well,
4: here I am, eating sweet and ready to eat. What's roaming on the kitchen range? Anybody call me on the horse? Any family fan talk that ought to be this?
3: <laughs> Peggy, she means she's hungry. What for breakfast? Did anybody call her on the telephone? And is there any gossip? Yeah, right, Father.
4: Right, Pop. You send it solid. Oh,
2: honestly, you two. How a grown man can act like that, I don't know. And what's know. wrong with the way
0: I asked, I'd like to know.
2: Nobody's talking about you, Brother Louis. Now sit down and eat your breakfast. Okay,
0: Aggie. Oh, but I'll only take four eggs this morning. <coughs> I had a terrible night. I only slept 12 hours. Oh, you poor boy. Now you stop belittling, Marty. Yeah, now don't call me Marty. I will. Boys,
2: boys, now stop Both uh,
0: of you. Okay, okay. Uh, I guess I'm too sensitive. Pass the cream, Peggy. Okay. Sugar, Marty, right here. Aggie, I like a little of that jam.
4: Okay. Oh, God. Uncle Louis, why don't you get married?
3: A little more, sugar. Uh-huh. Huh? Did you say married? Not Peggy. This should be interesting.
4: I think it would be super spoony if you got married, Uncle Louie. I love weddings.
0: Now, Niecy, that's no way to start breakfast. How could I leave my dear sister and my dear brother-in-law...
3: And your dear six eggs for breakfast. And my dear six eggs... Now, cut that out. Oh,
4: I'm sorry, Uncle Louis. I didn't mean to upset you. I was just thinking how nice it would be if you got married. Then I'd have an aunt, and I'd get one extra present on my birthday and on Christmas.
2: <laughs>
3: oh, well, that's very practical, Peggy.
4: Now let
2: me handle this, Mortimer.
4: Uh, Peggy dear,
2: your uncle Louis is only waiting for Miss Wright to come along. Now there's a Miss Wright and a Mister Wright for everybody in the world.
0: Get married, huh. lose Please. my freedom, hmm. worry myself down to skin and bones. Yeah, well,
3: this I'd like to see.
4: Did you say something, Pop?
3: Uh, no, no, daughter. And uh, if you would take a word of advice, you'd be careful about playing Cupid. <laughs> You're liable to shoot your arrow into the wrong person and <laughs> hit the wrong place.
4: Hiya, Jill. Come on up on the porch. Hiya, Peg. How'd it go? What did your Uncle Louie do when you popped it at him? He nearly swallowed a whole piece of toast. Oh, I told you we shouldn't have. I don't know why I let you talk me into these things. Why, I talk you into these things. Jill Donovan, were you or were you not all of a good yesterday at the idea of being a bridesmaid and wearing a beautiful gown and a big picture hat? Well, the so way you described your Uncle Louie's wedding... That's the way it will be, too. Uncle Louie in a cutaway coat. And my father in one of those high silk hats. And my mother wearing a long, flowing gown. And you and I.
2: Oh, Jill. No,
4: I shouldn't have loaned you my 55 cents to send that telegram to the Wistful Hearts Club. Oh, stop being a worry-worn. Uncle Louis, my uncle, isn't he? Mm-hmm, but it was my 55 cents. <laughs> You'll get it back with interest. Look, how could I resist sending that telegram? Look at this wonderful ad in this magazine. Are you one who is alone? Do you cry out for someone to understand you? Uncle Louis is always crying out. Oh. Your true soulmate is waiting for you now. Now, listen to this part. Oh, you read it to me yesterday before we sent the telegram. Charming, brilliant, attractive, and cultured young woman seeks marriage. Substantial dowry and complete true Find Lonesome, care of the Wistful Hearts Club Metropolis. Look at Lonesome's picture. Isn't he smooth? Yes, but she's got kind of an old-fashioned hairdo. He probably had that picture taken abroad. Anyway, we set the wheels in motion. I wired her. Oh, you sure did, the way you described your Uncle Louie. Well, I simply said, handsome, attractive man, interesting. Besides, no harm can come of an innocent telegram, especially the way I signed it. You mean you didn't sign your Uncle Louie's name to it? Of course not. I simply signed it brown Eyes and gave our address. So they start corresponding, and if Uncle Louie doesn't like lonesome, if and when he ever meets her, she'll never know that he, my Uncle Louis is brown Eyes. I hope.
2: Mortimer? Yes, dear? Did anything strike you as strange at breakfast this morning?
3: Uh, You mean Louis eating only four eggs instead of his usual six?
2: I mean Peggy's remark about Louis getting married.
3: Oh, yes, sir. Don't give it another thought. Well, Peggy's at the age where she just says whatever pops into her mind. (laughs) If she was probably thinking about orange blossoms, rice, and old shoes, and... That suggested (laughs) Louie. Where is Louie, by the way?
2: Uh, He's up in his room. He said he had a problem. He wanted to think over.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, some of Louie's brightest thoughts come to him while he's lying down. Uh, Where is Peggy? Uh, Out on the front
2: porch with Jill Donovan. Uh, What
3: do those two find to talk about all the time, Agatha?
2: Oh, this and that. You haven't forgotten, have you, Mortimer, dear? The sweet, innocent joys of
4: childhood. (laughs) Oh, and maybe Lonesome owns a huge country estate with horses and a polo field Mm. and a tremendous big swimming pool. And she and Uncle Louie will invite us down for weekends and we'll meet college men and orchestra leaders and all the playboys of cafe society. And maybe Lonesome owns a broken down old farm and we'll be invited for the weekend to cook for the harvest hands. Oh, no, Jill. Lonesome is glamorous. I know it. I feel it in my bones. Tall and willowy. And your Uncle Louie is short and stumpy. She looks a little like Rosalind Russell, And a little like Ingrid Bergman. And a little like Red Bergman. Now there's a master. I saw her at the by-jo last night. She was half of a double feature. Were you at the by-jo again, Lily? Uh, this picture's about a place in the desert Warner Brothers bought it. Ingrid, She's very unhappy because Paul Henry, he is unhappy. And then Humphrey Bogart, he comes in, he always looks unhappy. And I had a very satisfactory cry. It was a full handkerchief picture. And you two want some lemonade in the kitchen on the shelf. Oh, gosh, thanks, Lily. Come on, dear Well, close Lily. <laughs> you, you, mad, frivolous youth, like in the picture of the same name. Oh, my future... 431 Elm Drive, lady. Uh, the number is plainly designated on the porch. Yes. I got a telegram. <laughs> From your uniform, I could guess you'd have. It's for brown eyes. For which eyes? Brown eyes. A young man, it is much too hot for any brand of humor. Besides, I saw Iverson Costello last week. Uh, there a show and, boy, and there was this girl and this boy. Is that 431 Elm Drive? It is? for the second time. And it is the residence of Mr. and Mrs. Mortimer Meese, Miss Peggy Meek, Mr. Louis Meese, and once weekly, this day only, <laughs> myself. No brown eyes? Hey, no brown eyes. A period. I told them they were screwy back at the office. Uh, to which you may add my sentiment. I agree. And now, is there anything else you'd like to know? Uh-uh. Sorry to bother you, lady. Lily, was that a telegram? Yes, Mrs. Meek. Only oh, it was a case of mistaken identity. Uh, mistaken identity?
3: <laughs> and what do you mean, Lily?
4: Well, it was like in that picture, the scarlet letter. There was this mysterious
2: letter, and Netball bought it, and Lily, he... if you don't mind, please, uh, just what did the messenger want? Well,
4: that's what I was coming to, Mrs. Meek. He wanted brown eyes. Brown eyes? Uh, believe me, Mr. Meek. If I didn't trust my own ears, I would look just as quizzical as you. I told them that we had no brown eyes residing here.
3: Yes, well, you did very well, Lily. It was probably all a mistake. What was a
2: mistake, Pop? Oh, it was all very silly, dear. Some telegram messenger was here with a telegram for someone called Brown Eyes. Gee, Brown Eyes. Brown Eyes. Well, no harm done. Lily sent him off with the message. Oh, I think I hear my mother calling
4: me, Pat. Oh, I'll go with you. Maybe I can help you. Help her. Bye, Mom. Bye, Pop. (laughs) Jill. <laughs> Yoo-hoo! Messenger! Yoo-hoo! Oh, oh, baby, never care. We got to Jill. That telegram he has may hold my uncle Louis's entire future happiness oh. in it. <laughs> Yoo-hoo! Hey, you. Have you got a telegram for 431 Elm Drive? Is it addressed to Brown Eyes? I'm Brown Eyes. You are. I mean you are. Uh, yes, I am, and it's terribly important, and I'd like my telegram right now, please. Okay, Brown Eyes. Wink right. Uh, I mean sign right here, please. Uh, oh, thank you. You're sweet, isn't he, Jill? No, so like he says, you're sweet. <laughs> okay, Brown Eyes. And if you should ever um, want to send a message or anything, uh,
2: just call the telegraph office and ask for me,
4: Blue Eyes. <laughs> <sighs> Cadillac. Hey. Well, Well, open it. I'm, I'm trying to. I, 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 I keep shaking. I'm afraid. Let's open it together. Okay. you hold it while I tear the flap. Oh no. Oh no. Oh, I think I hear my mother calling me. Listen, beloved brown eyes. Flying to you on wings of love. Arrive by bus this afternoon. Each minute seems like an hour. My fondest wish is that you find your lonesome lovable, Go, and at times lonesome no more. Oh, Jill! Oh, Peg! Lonesome is coming here, and all we meant is that they, well, well she and Louie, should carve a sign. <laughs> do bitter, Jill. All is not lost. Yes? No. The worst is yet to come. Lonesome is coming to see Louie, and Louie doesn't want to see any female. But there must be something we can do. I know. We can go down to the bus station and meet Lonesome, I tell Oh, what good would that do? We can throw ourselves at her mercy, confess everything, and beg her forgiveness. What if she isn't the forgiving type? Jill, we can try. Okay. Nothing can be much worse. Or can it? <laughs>
0: Bus number 47 arriving from Westchester, Eastville, North Junction, South Town, and Metropolis.
4: Oh, this is the bus you'd be on. Come on, Jill. Move up here with me where we can meld in the crowd. I can meld all along here by myself. Now, keep your eyes on everyone who gets off that button. I am. I don't feel lonesome. Do you? No. Do you suppose she's wearing a disguise? Maybe that it's man. Oh, really silly. Why would she wear a disguise if she's coming on wings of love? Peg, the last passenger got off. Lonesome wasn't on the bus. Oh, I feel like the doomed man who's been given a reprieve. <laughs> Young women. Young women. Do you mean that? I'm looking to at you as I speak. Is there some sort of public conveyance near this miserable bus station? If you mean, is there a taxi cab? Yes, on the next corner in front of Green's drug store. Oh, gross in the inefficiency! The cab stand to be directly adjacent to this station. Come fix the And thank you. Oh, Dolly, she sure must hate herself. Oh, she sure must. Oh, I'm of the same. I'm not too popular with myself, are you? Let's not think anymore, huh, Peg? Let's just be numb and dumb, huh? You know, did did that woman back at the bus station remind you of anyone? No one in particular. Just someone I wouldn't like if I knew them. Mm. He sounded about the meanest person I've ever heard. Except Mr. in the lawyer. Yes. Except Mr. Kermudgeon, the lawyer, who is the meanest and the stingiest bachelor in the whole world. Oh, well. Oh, well. Oh, it's Mom and Pop. Hi. Hello. Hello. Oh. Hello, you two. Uh, well, what are you doing way right down here? Oh, just walking. It's a lovely day to walk, isn't it, Jill? Oh, perfectly lovely. Why you joining? Well,
2: you two look all walked out. Come on, climb in, and we'll all have a nice, cool, refreshing soda. Oh, it's
4: really Oh, darling, thanks. <laughs>
3: Where's you, Pop? Uh, well, uh, how about Green's Drug here? dear? Oh, well, but, Pop... Yes, dear?
4: Would it be all the same to you and Mother if Jill and I had double zip talk with Marshmallow Fudge Super Delight?
3: Yes. <laughs> oh, my gracious. <laughs>
4: you see, Pop, they're energy builders. And believe me, Jill and I need energy. <laughs> Life isn't so bad, is it, Jill? Oh, it would be a lot better if I hadn't had that second double-drip chocolate my snow-fudge soup delight with the bananas on the side. Oh, I think the bananas are weighing me down. Well, by the time we walk home, everything will be all right. After all, Lonesome wasn't on the bus for Metropolis. Maybe she decided not to fly her on Wings of Love after all. She's probably very refined and highly educated. And a very refined and highly educated lady wouldn't just hop on a bus after getting a telegram from someone she didn't even know. Mm, could be. Could also be that a very refined and highly educated lady wouldn't run an advertisement looking for a husband. Mm. I never thought of that. No, I did. I feel worse. Jill, we've got to step on it and rush home. If blown some dust yet here. We've got to prepare my Uncle Louie for her. Come on. We've got to convince Uncle Louie to act charming.
0: Well, girl, what's new around town? Pull your chairs over here to the sofa where I can see you without turning around. Yes. I'm in a good thinking position now, and I don't want to disturb myself in case I get a terrific idea.
4: Uncle Louis, do you ever get
0: lonesome? Uh, lonesome? No, I got everything I want: a devoted family, good food, fine bed, and your father keeps up all my subscriptions to the funny magazines. <laughs> Why should I get lonesome?
4: But Uncle Louis, suppose a beautiful young woman, one who was refined and highly educated and had lots and lots of money, fell madly in love with you. Wouldn't you consider marrying her?
0: Uh, honey, if a dame like that walked in this house, I'd lock the doors and bar the windows so she couldn't get out. <whistles> oh,
4: uh. see, things look brighter. Uncle Louis, uh. do you believe in fate? Oh,
0: I sure do. <clears throat> now the last job I had, that was just before you were born, Peggy. Uh, I'm riding the back end of this truck, see. Driver turns the corner sharp, see. I'm thrown off, and where do I land? In front of the hospital. Yeah. Say, uh, that taught me a lesson, though. I've never worked since. Oh. Whoop! Doorbell. Say, I hope that's the delivery boy from Joe's. I ordered a triple decker sandwich with a double malted milk. <laughs> Oh, i got to keep up my strength, you know. Well, I'll get it. I sure hope they didn't forget that side order of Dill Pickles. Oh, I thought it was the delivery boy from
4: Joe's. This is 431 Elm Drive, is it not? Oh, the lady from the back station. Well,
0: this is the residence of Mr. and Mrs. Mortimer Beach. They're both out.
4: Mr. and Mrs. E? That's
0: what I said. What can I do for you?
4: You can do nothing for me. And Mr. Brown-Eyed Meek can do nothing either. Brown-Eyed Oh! <laughs> oh, You can tell Mr. Brown-Eyed Meek when he be certain that I'll be back with a lawyer. I'll show Mr. Brown-Eyed what happens to women chasing falsifying filanderers. He cut me this too float. Now look, oh, no. oh, I think I hear my mother calling me out the back door. I don't know what
0: your game is, but I don't want to play no games. I think you're nuts. And I think
4: you are no, by a load of repulsive and fat. Good
0: day. It will be a good day as soon as you leave. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> How do you like that? <laughs> I'm a squirrely old bad luck like call Mortimer <laughs> brown eyes. <laughs> oh, we like our eyes on him. Oh, boy, I'll make him miserable.
4: <laughs> Don't say that word, Uncle Louis. Miserable. Oh, dear. Hey, what are we going to do? I'm thinking. Oh, what good will You're thinking got us into this mess. Be quiet, Bill. Maybe I can think us out of it. Well, let me see. Uncle Louie and Lothman had a fight right off. He wouldn't consider marrying her now under any circumstance. Oh, he wouldn't consider. Did you hear what Lonesome called him? Uncle Louie got too hungry to wait for the delivery boy from Joe, so he walked down there. That's good. What's good about it? That means that when Lonesome gets back here with that lawyer, Louie won't be here. Now, Louie went to market. Oh, if only Mom and Pop don't come home, we've got a chance. We can confess to Lonesome and tell her it's all the mistake. We can promise to give her our allowances for the next six months. Our allowances? And I can give her that lavalier that grandmother left. Me. It's got a genuine pearl in it. And You can give her your school ring. My school ring? Now, we've got to think up some way to pay the lawyer his fees. Maybe we can run errands for him or dust off his law books or carry his briefcase when he goes to court. Oh, don't say that word, Peg. When you say court, it's just the judge. And judge a just prison. And that's where I don't want to be. We'll plead real hard with lonesome... We'll let the tears flow. I won't be just acting. We'll say that we met well, but... the oh, famous last words. You'll have to forgive us. You'll have to understand. Then Uncle Louie and Mom and Pops will never know anything about it, and we'll be free. Oh, Peg. Hmm? Don't look now. But your mother and father are coming up the street. Oh, no! Not that! Anything but that! <laughs>
3: I certainly don't know why you'd want us all to go into the house on such a lovely afternoon, Peggy.
2: Well, neither do I, Mortimer. Besides, you can see
4: everybody walking down the street from the porch. That's the whole trouble. Well, Mother... Uh, Jill and I, we've uh, we've worked up sort of a little play we thought you'd enjoy, haven't we, Jill? Oh, we have it. Oh, I mean, oh, yes, yes, we yes, yes. Well, now,
2: isn't that sweet? But it's too warm right now for play-acting later, perhaps.
3: Mm-hmm. Later? Uh, yes, uh, right now it's so peaceful here. I, I could stay here forever. <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh, my you're to be a boy again. I remember how happy and carefree I was when I was young. <laughs> nothing to worry about. Nothing to fret over. Oh, how
2: true, Mortimer. We didn't know how lucky we were in those days. Uh-huh. 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 Father? Mother? Yes, Peggy? What is it, dear? I- I'd like some advice. Well, well ask a ahead, child. You know, your father and I are both very understanding. Oh, I
4: hope so. Parents, suppose a girl tried to make somebody happy.
3: Well, that's very commendable. Now, my motto is, a little sunshine, a little joy.
4: Mortimer. (laughs) Yes, dear. Go on, Peggy. Well, uh, this girl, uh, this person, she tried to make somebody happy. Mm Mm-hmm. This person, she thought she was doing good for that other person. But...
3: Uh, But what, dear?
4: But it didn't turn out the way she thought it would. What are you telling me? Uh, What's that, Jill? Oh, nothing. Nothing at all. Excuse me, Peggy. Well, uh, what I'd like to know is... Should that person be punished for trying to do good to that other person when the good she was trying to do turned out to be bad? Well,
3: Ter- uh, Yes. Oh, uh, well, now, uh, let me see. Well, I would say... I, I would... You handle it, Agatha. Well, from
2: what you've told us, dear, it's quite confusing. And since I don't have all the facts, I'll have to rely on my intuition. I i can say, however, that to begin with, it is wrong to try to do something for someone else without their knowledge. If that something is apt to turn out badly, do you follow me, Peggy? I'm afraid
4: so. Uh, on the other hand... coming not... down the street. She's coming Where? down the street. Oh, dear. Well, don't you feel well, dear? Uh-uh, Mrs. Meek. I feel awful. Just terrible. Well, perhaps
3: you should just run home at once. Too late. Hey, look. Isn't that that skin flint tightwad lawyer, Thaddeus curmudgeon, coming up the walk?
2: Why, it is. And he seems to be headed to our house. Who's that strange
3: woman he's
4: with? Karen, I have something to tell you. Oh. Well, not
2: now, dear. Later. I wonder what they want. But, Mother...
4: I, I, hey, hey, see,
3: I, I, when Kermudgeon makes a call, it's seldom a pleasant one.
4: That's oh, what I'm trying to tell you. And I want you to prosecute, Mr. Kermudgeon. Prosecute, I say. Uh, if what you say is true, we'll sue in every court in the life. Oh!
3: oh. Yeah, it, uh, excuse me, but uh, what is all this about?
4: Are uh, you the man of this house.
3: Yeah, I am. I'm Mortimer Meek, and this is Mrs. Meek.
4: You see? He basically admits he has a wife. I beg your pardon? You stay out of this. Well, oh, i Now, now. uh, let's hold our tempers in check. Uh, Mr. Meats, will you please answer a few questions? Father, I...
3: I... 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 Uh, Yes, uh, (laughs) go right ahead, sir. Let's get this unpleasantry over with. (laughs)
4: Unpleasantly?
2: I suppose you think it was fun for me to build up my hopes and take the bus here clear to the top of
4: it. I suppose you think it was pleasant to be rude with a beautiful telegram and ask to come to see brown eyes. In brown eyes? Father, where <laughs> you I pay for this, you gay deceiver? Oh, gay deceiver? You broken-down Romeo, you... Now, whoever
2: you are and why ever you're here, I'll thank you to stop calling my husband names. <laughs> Your
3: husband.
4: Just wait until you hear. Oh, now please, please, do Now,
3: please, now, just a minute, all of you. Now, I insist, insist. on this.
4: You send telegrams to maiden ladies asking them for their hand in marriage.
3: I you, you, Oh, Agatha, yeah,
4: something's wrong yes, here. It certainly is. And yes. all the time, you have a wife and a daughter. For oh, shame, lawyer I just will sue this man. Ah, eh, we certainly will. I Me? Mean, you have to answer to breach of promise, yeah, I... arousing false expectancy in the heart of this charming lady, and making a mockery of the sanctity of marriage. Now,
3: just a mo... Now, that is too much. What do you know about the sanctity of marriage, curmudgeon? You confirmed old bachelor? Uh, uh,
4: I sent the telegram, Father. Now,
3: just a minute. Uh, now, uh, curmudgeon. I'm... A, uh, oh, my gracious, what did you say, Peggy?
4: Uh, I said I sent the telegram and I signed it brown eyes. Only I meant good. I meant it for Uncle Louie. Uncle Louie? I, I just thought it would be nice to have a wedding and an aunt and... Oh, I wish I were there. Me too. Oh, to this whole horrid mess you're doing, you young criminal. Well, I'll still sue. I'll spend $10,000, $50,000 if necessary. But I'll get satisfaction. Uh-huh. Uh, $50,000? Well, well, well. I'll leave no stone unturned. I'll drag you through every court in the land, even if it costs my entire fortune of $185,000 and 42 cents. <laughs> Excuse me, please, Miss Lonesome. But if you're going to spend your entire fortune, you might just as well spend it on a husband. Now, now, Mr. Kermudgen is a bachelor, and he's a lawyer. And he's oh,
3: a... I guess so. I think the child has a point. Don't
4: try to get my mind off what I'm saying. Excuse, Excuse me, my dear. Uh, but you mustn't work yourself out. Oh. Uh, you very really much, mm. my child. I think perhaps if we, if we retire to Green's Drugstore for a month, Cool drink. Uh, perhaps all this can be cleared up with benefit to all. <laughs> uh, won't you take my arm, my dear? Well, I, well, if you would <laughs> Good day, and consider yourself fortunate that my lawyer is such a kind and considerate man. Oh, Mister Cummins, you're so kind. So <laughs> and will we <involve me. laughs> come, my dear, and tell me all about your investment? Oh. <sighs> Uh, mother? Father? Oh, now,
2: not another word, dear. I think we've had about all the excitement any of us can stand for a while. Don't you, Mortimer?
1: <laughs>
3: yes, I'll say. <laughs> oh, my hmm. God. Come to think of it, I was almost made a bigamer. <laughs> and by my own daughter, too. <laughs>
1: Mr. Meek is played by Forrest Lewis, Mrs. Meek by Fran Allison, Peggy Meek by Beryl Vaughn. Others heard on today's performance were Mary Frances Desmond, Elmira Ressler, Cliff Severe, Hope Summers, and John Kuhn. <laughs> the meat is written and directed by Les Weinerot. Be sure to join us again next Saturday over these same stations when the National Broadcasting Company again invites you to Meet the Meek.
0: Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening.
4: Thanks for listening.